0: Hello, and welcome to The Block Explorer. I'm Colin Brightfield. Hey, folks. I'm Cash Upton. The Block Explorer is here to educate and inspire
1: you about the world of crypto and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss current events shaping the space. We're making this
0: podcast for the curious, the free thinkers, and the change makers that propel us forward.
1: As we embark on our adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice, and crypto can be risky. In this episode, we explore the
0: world of refi with Monty Bryant of RefiDAO. And our beaming, wow, what a conversation, huh? Yeah, Monty brings a lot of passion, a lot of energy, and also a lot of expertise. He's been around the block, he's been in and out of refi space he's involved in the refi dow he's done some ted talks he's done t- talks at a lot of different places so he knows his stuff it's it's great to talk to someone who ha- can speak with such breadth of knowledge but also just has the um the excitement that just makes you want to listen
1: yeah to see someone that intelligent uh ha- seeing the impact that refi can have and being kind Of an orchestrator, uh, putting all that together has is, is been really cool to see and, and inspiring because uh, it can be very doom and gloom when you we look at the the broader environmental and you know social justice crisis. And you know, he puts it in, in a context where it's digestible and yeah, you can really see the impact that is actually happening on the ground.
0: Yeah, and I like the you know his explanation of DAOs and and how a DAO, a decentralized organization can function as as well. We touched on that um with basin DAO in our last episode with Timo. So it's it's been, you know, um, I think educational to to hear from some people that are in in the thick of it, in the trenches, in working in DAOs and their 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 wins and their successes, how the how they're getting, you know, to get some positive results and also some of the challenges that they've come
1: across. Yeah. And I I also liked his concept of money as a tool, talking about that and, you know, reminding our listeners that Money's not a dirty word. It it's a tool that facilitates exchange and uh, shares shares values. And when we can program money and do a nature backed money, which uh, Monty talks about, it, it's really interesting and uh, inspiring. Yeah, I think it's good to question our idea
0: of money. What is money? And we have a great episode on that. That's episode number two on the Block Explorer. But yeah, we a lot of us don't ever question what money is. We just it's just this thing that is part of our lives. And regenerative finance, crypto in general, right, ask the question, what is money? And this is why it's kind of unsettling for a lot of people because they, they've never really asked that question. And I think that's, that's part of the, the crypto journey, right, is, is asking some of these questions that a lot of people just never even think to question. And, and uh, the fact that we have the technology now to program money, we can put values in money. And so what kind of values do you want your money to express? Do you want your money to express extractive values or do you want your money to express regenerative values? And so now we have the, we have the option, right? So we can build it. And that's what regenerative finance is, is all about. And Nandi does a great job of fleshing that out even more. Let's take a listen.
2: Awesome to be here. And it was cool to, to work with you, Cash, last week on the Roundup and you guys turned it into an awesome pod. So. Thanks for having me this week. And yeah, let, let's get into it.
0: All right, Monty. Awesome. Thank you. So yeah, we've got a lot to discuss. So let's start with a little bit of background. How did you get into this Web3 crypto world? And then also, how did you find yourself in the refi niche? Yeah. So I think to start with,
2: one of the main drivers is you know looking towards the future and realizing that we potentially face this cataclysmic extinction and collapse of Society and the environment and and all of those kind of things and and actually wanting a, a better future for for the world and 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 really that is a, a kind of a core driver and I guess that kind of thinking and awareness of these issues uh, has come from a really young age. My mum has been in the environmental sector for fifty plus years and written uh, twenty plus books, and um, so it's always been a kind of core part part of uh, of my thinking and and outlook on things and. I've also always been a bit of a technologist and a builder, um, hacking together websites from an early age. And um, I I, I was sort of interested in crypto from the early days, uh, from a sort of technological and philosophical point of view. Uh, But it was only when all of the carbon came on chain and all this movement and excitement uh, came around, uh, combining regenerative principles and sustainable principles with um, crypto that I was like, okay, this is it. This This is my full time. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, let's do this. Let's actually use these tools uh, to truly create a better world. Um, and so then, yeah, I was actually I was at university at the time uh, studying my uh, master's or four years integrated master's in uh, management with innovation at Bristol. And uh, my course was really lucky. It gave me the kind of um, a platform to be able to experiment uh, with startups whilst in the kind of uh, structure of a degree program. Uh, started people power and doing things around there. Um, and I've kind of kept that on a bit uh, since leaving, uh, but also I've gone really, really full time uh, with, with ReFiDAO um, as this kind of position to really try and see if we can accelerate the ecosystem. And uh, I've just kind of gone deeper into, into that route because uh, I, I sort of see a lot of potential there. And uh, working with John has been really inspiring as well. He's a visionary and exciting kind of um, leader, but also really supporting and boosting this whole ecosystem. So that's kind of been, been my journey.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Once you go down the refi rabbit hole, it's hard to pull yourself out of that. Uh, we always got a always shill mom. Uh, super cool that she's an environmental writer. What? Yeah. How can our listeners find her work?
2: Yeah, so she uh, was involved back in the early days with the green consumer movement, which was um, kind of the first of this movement. Of, of you had kind of the traditional environmentalists who were very much like, all business is bad and every single business sucked. Uh, and the businesses would just go like, "Okay, well, we're just going to ignore you." Um And so they started this movement uh, with John Elkington. She started it with John Elkington, kind of um getting consumers to actually spend their money where uh, companies are actually being greener, and in turn that creating the incentives for them to change um And it was really powerful in catalyzing that movement. It caught kind of as a zeitgeist, I guess at the time and, and really went the equivalent of viral back in the day. um but anyway, that was it that was her kind of uh, getting into this whole movement, and since then, I think, Sustainability thinking has evolved, and we can't just rely on the consumer uh, to be sending these signals. We actually need, I think, more fundamental systemic change, and it needs to come uh, from a mixture of, of both the actors in power. But actually, in particular, we need to create this bottoms up movement as well of um, new systems at a fundamental layer uh, as well. So I think it's interesting to see how that um, has evolved. And, uh, you know, it, it, it hasn't fully worked uh, just buying green. You know, there's, there's, uh, greenwashing and all of this kind of stuff, but yeah. anyway, it's an important part of it. But uh, there's a lot, also a lot more, a lot more to. It. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think you what you're mentioning is like the externalities that weren't taken into account, right? So um, that's where refi comes in. Uh, we love asking our listeners their definition of refi. Uh, how would you tell someone coming into this space what refi is?
2: Yeah, cool. So I would say that in a broad perspective, refi or regenerative finance is this wide movement to create economic systems that actually support regenerative outcomes and there's a whole set of regenerative principles and outcomes but crucially i think as well and this is a definition that's often missed i think it's in natural and social systems so it's not just about necessarily i mean it's a large part about regenerating the environment and all of those kind of things but it's also about social systems economic systems and you can apply these regenerative principles um to all of those sets of things and, and yeah, one of the core principles is, is that actually we can align financial incentives uh, with these principles as well to actually really create the momentum that it needs. I think if you look at the traditional economy uh, and the traditional system, it's become incredibly efficient at maximizing financial capital. And we've got these incredibly robust systems that continually create more and more financial wealth. And, you know, they've been exceptionally good at doing that, fair play, but at the same time. Uh, what they've done is is created these systemic problems, you know, rampant inequality, huge inequality, global, uh, these kind of things. And, of course, the environmental crisis and social crisis and these other compounding um, kind of crises that all all together. Uh, and so what if we could actually leverage some of these powerful incentive mechanisms, but actually leverage them towards forms of capital that are not, you know, more exclusive than just uh, less exclusive than just financial capital. So uh, really expanding the set of values for which we're maximizing for. So, that wasn't the most succinct definition. No, there,
1: that's a great, there, ever, that was a great but... definition. <laughs> um, we we love talking about the other forms of capital, right? Because like, like you said, it's not just financial capital. So um, what would be some that you would direct our listeners to? And, you know, because we know that you are also not just uh, focused on carbon tunnel vision. Like you have a very mm-hmm. holistic uh, approach to regenerating the earth. So yeah, what would be some of those that you'd mention?
2: Yeah, of course. So yeah, you, you you pointed to one there. Obviously, carbon is one metric for our climate. Uh, there's all sorts of other living. And that obviously is, is a kind of is a high level one in some ways because the climate affects so many things. But uh, it also is it, it really links to living capital, uh, which is, you know, biodiversity, the natural world. Uh, but then you also go into more social kind of kind of capital, you know, intellectual capital, spiritual capital, uh, how we relate to one another. Um, and our, how our economic systems uh, kind of provide for us all, um, so those sort of things I think are really integral. If we're creating systems that extract wealth uh, for for the few and in these centralized sort of power structures, then it, it, if even if nature's being regenerated, that's not necessarily uh, the kind of structures that we want want to see in this uh, regenerative paradigm, um, in my view. Um,
0: so yeah, yeah, that's great. And uh, you mentioned core principles of refi. so. What wouldn't you put as, put down also as a core principle of refi?
2: Um, yeah, so I think that refi should get its core principles from a number of um, different methodologies. You know, there's been a, uh, a regeneration movement in more conventional environmental circles, and there have been some really deep thinking around regenerative principles and values. Um, so I would say borrowing from those. I had a really good... Um, conversation with someone called kate bennett this morning uh, and she's just writing her uh, a phd on uh, evaluating some of these uh, not evaluating taking some of these frameworks and then applying them to the projects in the refi ecosystem to really make sure that we're aligned uh, with those principles and i think it's some really awesome work and as part of my work uh, with refi now i really hope that we can lean into some of these uh, uh, principles and uh, yeah, for any listeners you can uh, look up, I think one I've come across is uh, the regenerative or eight principles of regenerative economics from John Fullerton, I think is a really good one. Uh, I included that in our recent Refi Villages piece uh, as well. I'm starting to frame these things. There's also the principles uh, of the donut principles of practice. Uh, so from, that's from the Donut Economics Action Lab, um, which is an awesome kind of framework for how we uh, create a donut economy that's uh, living within our bounds. but uh, also we can expand the donuts uh, through technological innovation but also we're not going beyond it to the point where we're uh, borrowing from future generations and um, so that's a really cool one and she's got some awesome principles there to actually turn that into practice there's also regenerative organizational design uh, concepts as well and yeah there's a, there's a bunch of uh, frameworks but those are the main ones that sort of um, I, I would say as well and I'm looking to kind of do some work in trying to surface those a bit more and um, and really make sure that uh, as a refi ecosystem, we're uh, adhering to those uh,
1: awesome uh, principles and values. Really cool. Yeah, and, and you know, diving more into that ecosystem now, uh, we want to talk about the refi DAO. Uh, to give our listeners a, a little update, um, you know, just from the last uh, grant, Grants round 15 from Gitcoin. Um, some pretty huge impact uh, and momentum building, um, supporting 152 founders, onboarding 70 community managers, uh, 20 region investors, 1,700 people subscribing to the newsletter, and co launching a $1 million grant pool with Future Crest, Celo, Polygon. So, really, incredible you know momentum that you're building so uh let's dive in how 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 can you start us off with RefiDAO and then we have some follow up questions with that um for some of the stuff you're doing
2: yeah yeah no I I'd, I'd love to do that for sure and I think uh, it was really exciting for me to find RefiDAO and and find John and and really see that my visions uh for what I wanted to see be uh kind of out there in in the ecosystem really being manifested and actually uh with a great platform and I love the podcast and uh, and the newsletter and I really have kind of Taken on a uh, a sort of coordination and editing role around the the newsletter and 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 some of the content there, and uh, it's been really awesome to work with a kind of ever-growing uh, sort of group of contributors and really surface uh, lots of these awesome creators uh, to have their voices heard and and uh, within the ecosystem. But so that's been really really fun for me. And, and on the other side of my role, I've also been uh, really helping on this website and database, the sort of refi directory side of side of things. Obviously, we've got the the projects database that is live on the website at the moment. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, work going on behind the scenes, and I'm really diving into that about upgrading that system uh, to really create this uh, this refined knowledge graph of the people, not not only proj- projects but also people, content, events, deal flow, impact, uh, all these metrics uh, and things that we want to uh, include in that. And, the, and when the real aim of attracting more talent and capital into this sector, and and also really supporting the entire kind of ecosystem and and community, and that's for me. I think what I find most exciting about uh, RefiDAO is that you can really be in a position where I'm in it for everyone. Like I want everyone to succeed, or or the best uh, actors and practices to succeed. As uh, a little caveat, but um, yeah, so that's a really exciting position to be in, um, and yeah, really excited to see what we can do over the coming year or so. And I'm happy to dive into some some other bits there uh, as well, if uh, if you guys
0: like. Yeah, let's let's um, dive in and. and for more detail in a second, but I want to kind of, um, do some basic stuff. So what, you know, what is a DAO, um, in, for our listeners that don't know, and what the, is it about the unique structure of a DAO that, uh, you know, allows the, this refi movement that you're working on, um, to flourish?
2: Yeah, yeah sure. So I've always thought of a DAO as kind of just like a bunch of people on the internet, uh, or, or geographically dispersed. Uh, being able to come together and coordinate around a shared purpose, and typically, I mean, there there should be some foresaw form of um, community, you know, democratic governance systems and some form of uh, shared use of of funds and allocating them in in a, in a specific, in a way that's you know uh, mindful of the community and, and has some democratic processes there. Um, so you know, at its root form, it kind of starts with a group chat and a shared bank account. is is kind of how I uh, sometimes like to like to say it, but um yeah and, and you should it, to any listeners who haven't already you should definitely check out uh, deeper deeper rocks uh, she's impact Dow media uh, and she's done an awesome book diving into this world of impact daos which is taking the concept of a dao and and combining it with actually having a positive impact uh, and the mission aligned uh, daos that are out there and doing some really great analysis uh, and work on that she's got a Gitcoin coin grant as well so go, go check out her, her out um and yeah, so in terms of RefiDAO, it's interesting because, you know, in some senses, it's not a DAO, um, but in some senses it is. And, you know, obviously we've got a core team kind of working on this and, and producing the content. John is, is obviously leading uh, lots of that. But also what we see, uh, I think, with RefiDAO is that we're really kind of creating this, it's almost like an incubator for, for a bunch of different initiatives. And instead of necessarily trying to capture everything, it's saying, okay, once we come across a cool idea, oh, there's a cool team forming around it. And then boom, there's this, you know, working group, you know, like you could imagine founder circles, Refi Spring, Refi Jobs, the Community Managers Guild, these kind of initiatives, and, and there's many others as well, form up and, and then they have their own systems of, of uh, core teams and governance and, and things like that. So it's uh, almost creating an ecosystem of ecosystems, which I think is, is, is cool. And that's uh, the kind of structure that I'm
0: seeing uh, emerge. Yeah, I like that description, an ecosystem of an ecosystems. And we had a similar conversation with Timo on our podcast in our last episode when he was talking about DAO structures and what he's seen kind of work well. And yeah, you kind of have these different nodes that are all kind of moving in the same direction and they're all mm-hmm. intertwined in some way, but they're all kind of autonomous. They also kind of have some autonomy in themselves too, but they it's just one kind of they're all in the same river. They're all kind of different rafts and there are boats in the same river going in this one direction, yes. building the, towards a, a aligned goals and aligned values. A bunch of the, yeah, exactly. Cool. So, you know, what are some of the um, recent wins that the Dow has had? You mentioned some of these initiatives. What, so give us some of the um, nuts and bolts of what you've been working on.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we've done some of the stuff specifically that I've been working on, two, two bits that I'm really excited about. Um. I think one is the refi villages piece, but I think we can get into that in a second. Uh, but also we we launched, uh, I launched the kind of refi impacts review um, and timeline. Um, and yeah, also this impact dashboard, which was very much a, a kind of version one. And we haven't really gone fully public with that yet because there's still some, some fundamental stuff to kind of work out with that. Uh, you know, it, lots of it is self-reported claims and we need the evidence to really back up uh, those claims as well. Uh, you know, spe- given especially given the whole point of blockchain is is to create uh, not just claims but actually uh, verification of these things. And um, so, so we're working on upgrading that as well behind the scenes. But we've sort of laid some foundations there, um, and yeah, really celebrating the real tangible impact that this uh, whole community is having, uh, and also reflecting and looking back at where we've come from as well. So those are some content pieces that I've been um, uh, really yeah pleased to to have been involved in.
1: Yeah, the impact report is really cool. Uh, focusing um, on carbon, education, energy, nature, food and agriculture, fundraising, and infrastructure. So it, it is cool to see it broken down, and definitely direct our listeners to slash uh, projects impact And there's a, a great list of uh, you know DAOs and the refi projects in the space. So uh, for our listeners who are wondering, you know, what is being built? Well, here's a here's a very extensive list, and it's really cool to to dive deep into it. Mm.
2: and we've got lots of updates coming on that soon as well which i'm excited to share um yeah just tomorrow actually hopefully by tomorrow we should have our uh uh, version two of the voting system in uh, which i'm excited to share uh with everyone but um yeah and that's going to continue to evolve as well and and lots more features and views and uh, and different kind of features there so yeah head over to refi.com and uh, also follow us at our um newsletter on refi as well, uh, for the
1: weekly updates as well, so that's that's the little plug sweet, <laughs> and uh we'll be turning those into podcast form <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. uh you mentioned refi villages let's let's dive into that, you know we all know the eco village concept of the sixties, so uh how has it been refied
2: yeah, so I think what, what what's cool about that is for me what what's most cool is you have. This potential to build systems that are entirely new. And we don't need to wait necessarily for the governments and the corporations, which have proven themselves to be too slow or corrupt to fully address um, these problems. And just like Bitcoin and, and, and some of Web3 have enabled this kind of parallel financial system, it's all in the kind of in the sky in the internet. Uh, this is like taking that, that concept and really putting it on the ground to the point where we can actually start to build not only entirely new financial systems, but also entirely new communities on the ground that are that we can, you know, separate necessarily in somewhat separate to kind of state uh bounds and and ultimately connecting those up to a network of other villages. Um, but yeah, for any readers who haven't kind of read that piece yet, but basically it's it's the concept that there are these eco-villages that started in the 1960s and, and 1980s. And basically that would be a bunch of people uh, you can kind of imagine them as like hippie communes, uh, people coming together and, and uh, living on the land and, and in these kind of, but slightly isolated communities. Right, they're kind of removing themselves from society and living these kind of in these isolated communities, which fair enough have a lot of sustainability benefits. But um, I think what was exciting was the evolution to more regenerative villages and settlements, which take a more integrated approach and uh, and integrate with modern technologies and society, and then. We took this concept and they go, okay. Well, now we add Web three and Refi technologies here, and we get this Refi Village. Well, what's a Refi Village? Um, it's actually starting to leverage some of the tools for governance um, and systems of, of ownership that have been developed in in Web three and Refi, and applying those to the management and and startup and crowdfunding of a village, uh, and then also then connecting those to, for example, the experts and uh, in the Refi community, and also the the. Uh, financial capital for um uh, that can be geared towards the regeneration of the land uh in the locality and and there's a bunch of other features as well that you get from this um kind of integration and ultimately you could kind of scale that up to having lots of these villages and uh you're you're as a citizen being able to go through uh with shared values being able to go through all of these uh, kind of villages and you you end up having this kind of network state the regen network state forming uh which which i think is is really exciting way to kind of build this entirely parallel uh, system that can be regenerative and we don't need to wait for anyone. We can just build it and do it. Uh, and so let's let's get everyone involved in that and really create
0: the snowball that we need. Yes, I love it. I want to live in a refi village.
2: One quick plug as well. I might as well plug this as well. Yeah, please. In that in that blog, we also uh, introduced the How to Build a Regenerative Village handbook. So go have a read of the refi village piece. And then if it inspires you, it, there's a literally a giant handbook uh, with all of the steps you need to build your own one. Um, and super amazing work has gone into that. So uh, yeah, let's, let's really catalyze a, a whole growing network of these, of these things.
0: Yeah, and I, I really like the let's not wait mentality because yeah, we, we, the, we the, the challenges that we were facing, we can't wait around. And uh, I think there's some of that like, oh, like someone else, this like this someone else-ism that people have like, oh, like kick the can down the road or it's this other people's problem or like, yeah, someone else is working on it, right? So I don't have to do anything. And uh, no, that's not the case. You do have to do something. and so uh, and we can't wait just wait around for other people to or for governments to solve this kind of stuff. So it's cool that we have these coordination tools to to start to make these uh, things 100%. happen definitely. We need to work with them where we can. Like we need to definitely make bridges.
2: And um, I think that's uh, going to be a big part of the work in for refi in two thousand twenty three is really creating bridges uh, to the more traditional. Environmentalists, politicians, experts, policymakers, but at the same time, yeah, totally. We we can also we have the tools to just to build and and to get going now, uh, and we should do that to really prove uh, the worth of these things as well, and uh, and and so
0: that should be a, a big focus. Awesome. Well, speaking of what these tools can unlock, you talked about them on your TEDx talk entitled "Can Crypto Regenerate the World." So, can you tell us a little bit more about your talk and how was that talk received, and what are some of the major points that you made in the talk
2: yeah sure so i i just kind of stumbled into this refi segment and i went deep on it of course went down the rabbit hole um and realized that it was like so unknown and so niche and i was like well no let's 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 spread this message here and let's uh, let's really catalyze something here and you know the language can be quite inaccessible and it was very you know web3 speak so i was really trying with that ted talk to try and create an introduction. That, that anyone could sort of engage with and start to go, okay, like there is, crypto isn't all what I thought it was. There is this part to it and actually start to understand some of the concepts there. So hopefully it started to provide a sort of introductionary leg uh, in in the door, foot in the door even, um, to start to to understand how these technologies can be leveraged uh, to create a regenerative um, society and economy. So that was the kind of the aim there. And it's, yeah, it's been really exciting to see the reception that it got, and also to take that talk to a, to a bunch of other places as well. Most recently, the, the Desai conference, of course, uh,
1: which was awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, how yeah. was that Desai conference? It was in London. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, no, the Desai conference was awesome. It was like, it was well-organized. So shout out to Desai London London for that as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really exciting because we've I've been so fully immersed in this refi ecosystem. I sort of heard murmurs of DCI, uh, but, you know, not gone super deep on it. But actually going there in person and seeing, wow, like, there's a super strong community here uh, emerging and, you know, some awesome projects and, and people there. And again, I think one of, the, one of the really cool things was that previous iterations of Web3, we saw, you know, all this momentum around DeFi and the kind of crowds that that bought were very much like the speculator, line-go-up kind of people. And that hasn't necessarily cultivated the most healthy culture and image of web3 or or even building things that are actually useful to society you know meme coins cats dogs and stuff are fun uh, but you know then you also get all of the other scams and rug pulls and crap and uh, and things like that so i think what was really exciting about the DSI conference is to see okay there's a really awesome community of scientists experts professionals uh, you know and these are the kind of people that we want to be onboarding to web3 and actually building tools that really service those needs i think is hugely exciting and hugely important. And it'll be cool to see what parallels there are um, with ReFi as well. I think they're a very values-aligned movement. Um, and we're actually, I've got, got together with uh, Morgan from ValleyDAO, and uh, we, we're we starting to organize a, a Twitter space that's trying to bridge some of the ReFi, DeSci um, people. And so, yeah, hopefully that should be next week, uh, but there'll be some updates on that
0: coming soon. Yeah, I just want to a little basic term definition. So what is decentralized science and what makes it different than regular science? Sure. Yeah, cool. So decentralized science is the idea that if you think about the conventional
2: pathways to um, becoming a scientist or an academic, it's basically you work for a giant corporation and they will pay you loads of money to privatize your IP and keep everything protected and leverage it for their own financial gain or you have the more academic route which is going through these legacy institutions universities foundations that again have a sort of gatekeeper like thing and are also very location physically physical location bound you know you have the great academic hubs in London and uh, and across the world in in certain cities but then you know there's 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 professionals and and clever scientists who who could surface all over the world so what dci is really creating is this another pathway for scientists and experts to um, become a part of the scientific community that isn't isn't necessarily the traditional pathways. Um, and there's a whole set of new tools emerging that can help to coordinate and connect that um, as well and, and really create this new uh, next generation of, of scientific community. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, one of the big things that they're doing there, for example, is pioneered by Molecule um, and they've um, tokenized IP Right. Uh, And so what that allows, you can fractionalize it and actually create a community of people around a set of um, uh, IP. They're specifically focusing on biotech, but uh, you could do this for uh, any sort of IP. And yeah, again, it's that leveraging that community kind of ownership and community governance that then allows uh, these things to to be used in new ways. And um,
1: yeah. Well, wow, that's really cool. Uh, we, we're all for like open source music, or, or sorry, uh, you know, uh, fractionalized ownership of music, so artists can you know get their their music out there. So it's really cool to you know open source science and and see these communities coming together. What is the response? What was the response like within the scientific community? Is it, like is it is a resistance or is it gaining a lot of traction?
2: Yeah, I think it is. Um, it, from appearingly seeming to gain gain traction for sure. I think there's obviously there's some of the conventional stuff uh, around Web3 adoption of the kind of, you know, onboarding process it does have friction. Uh, I mean, that is for sure. But I think uh, of any community, I think the scientific community, um, you know, could, could get behind that anyway. And, and obviously, I think the main, the main question will be, can they develop the tools that are genuinely useful and more useful to scientists? And that will be the question of whether or not, whether or not it succeeds. And if the tools are great, uh, and they can get over some of the user experience kind of stuff, then they're, they're going to have no problem. And, and that's already starting to happen. Um, and I spoke to many uh, cool startups uh, there who were developing really awesome tools for that community. Uh, and so I think it, will, it will, over the coming year or so, we'll really see those proliferate. Um, even Vitalik himself uh, turned up in video form uh, to give his blessings to the Desai uh, community. So that was really cool to
0: see as well. Yeah, Vitalik is a scientist at heart, I think. So <laughs> yeah. that's cool that he showed up. So speaking of the d community, are there any other major takeaways that you had at at that um, conference before we move on to the next topic that you want to share with our audience? Because it sounds like there was a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was cool
2: to 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 give a, the refi side uh, of the story as well and introduce some, some people there uh, to that side of things. So yeah, I, I, I would just say I'm excited to see more collaborations emerge between uh, these two communities.
0: Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I think they're... They're definitely aligned and there's a lot of crossover there for sure. So one of the things I want to touch on is when I explain refi to some folks, they respond with, oh, but I heard, isn't crypto bad for the environment? And I'm sure you've probably gotten that response a few times and in your journey. So can you tell me, how do you respond to that challenge?
2: Yeah. So I I think that generally I say that's a bit of an outdated view or a narrow view nowadays because... I think that was totally fair enough pre-merge. And you could say, okay, well, is the merge ever going to happen? And uh, you know, all this, but now, I mean, Bitcoin, we shouldn't just ignore that. That still needs to be addressed. And, you know, as a community, it would be great to see refi movements, try and clean up Bitcoin because it's not going anywhere. Um, but in terms of the the whole web three ecosystem, it's all built on highly efficient blockchains now that are, it's energy consumption is negligible to the point where it's not worth talking about. Um, and actually, a lot of them are already implementing um, practices that help make them carbon positive so that with each transaction, you're removing carbon from the atmosphere because they have fundamentally baked in uh, um, a sort of offsetting and, and scheme in there as well. So, you know, that's, that's, that's what I would, I would say. And um, I think what's really exciting within the Ethereum community as well is, is the movement to, obviously, it's reduced, uh, this merge has reduced uh, consumption, energy consumption by 99.9% and carbon emissions with it. You can kind of see that as the fastest decarbonization of any sector ever. I mean, in a switch of a second, zero point two percent of world energy consumption was removed <laughs> uh, which is pretty nuts. Um, and now we saw the refi community go, okay, well, let's go one step further, let's look at the entire legacy footprint of ethereum. let's see if we can offset all of that. Um, and if we can do that, it again, it would be the first industry to ever do that um, as a as a whole. so I mean, that would be hugely exciting to to see another pioneering move. So I hope that more energy continues to form around um, that initiative as well.
1: Yeah, we, we love the work that's doing to offset ETH. Uh, Kieran from Return Protocol is is doing yeah. some great work in the space. So yeah, definitely um, have our listeners dive in deeper to that. I want to pull on the thread a little bit more that you talked about in your TED Talk of nature-based money. And we kind of hit cool. on it a little bit, but just that concept as a whole of you know a different form of financial capital so like what would you tell someone when you're you're talking about nature-based money
2: yeah so so i would say that that if you look at how the dollar used to work and it was backed by gold and what that created is this incredible incentive to mine more gold and once you had more gold locked up in the vault you could print more dollars which then stimulated more economic activity and increased uh, the power of that currency and so it created a fundamental incentive there. And the idea um, that, that's come largely from um, that book, oh, what's that book called? Um, one of the sacred economics. Yeah, sacred economics. Uh, Charles Einstein, Einstein something. Yeah, anyway, the idea is that you could actually um, back money by things that you want to see more of, like clean air, clean rivers, um, a, a healthy natural environment. And so if we backed uh, money by... Those sets of uh, of sets of value, then it would create this fundamental incentive um, to regenerate and restore and improve our natural environments. That would then allow you to uh, improve uh, or increase the money supply, for example. So it it really creates this inextricable. I like the the concept. Line goes up, nature goes up. You know, Uh, and I think that's a cool uh, to see money as a technology uh, and the fact that we can redesign money now with these tools. Uh, we can actually create a better form of money and one that is more in line with the natural world
0: uh, and the, the betterment of society and people and the planet. That's fantastic. I love that what you just said there. And there's something I want to explore a little bit more. You said it, money as a technology. And I think that's an important paradigm shift that I think a lot of people just don't have because they've never really thought about money that way they've always just thought of like well money is just this thing that i just use to get stuff and i they never really thought of like the idea that you could actually reprogram and recalibrate how money works
2: yeah totally agree i think it's a it's a really exciting concept so i'm excited to see some of the experiments emerging uh, in refi to do that uh, emerge sort of got carbon carbon currencies are, are, are kind of one form of that but you know, then we start to get into this, you know, whole other realm as other environmental and positive impact assets uh, come online and, you know, hyper are something that really excites me, it's kind of translating uh, impact credits to beyond just carbon, but actually to any quantifiable impact. Uh, and you can imagine uh, sort of using those building blocks to, to, to create new forms of money that are backed by a, an array of positive impacts.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of impact money. That's a really cool idea. So impact money, like. <laughs> Impact money Legos. Yes, exactly. Stack them on top. So when we have um, carbon credit system. I want to recircle back to that a little bit. So what are the, some of the tangible ways that refi helps improve the carbon credit system? Because it gets talked a lot about like carbon credits, this whole thing. But a lot of people don't really know, okay, what are the actual things that, we're, that refi makes better? Mm.
2: I think fundamentally, if you look at the carbon credit markets, it as a technology seems to be almost a perfect fit because you're dealing with what is essentially a database of certified impact claims of carbon being removed. And you need a database or system that manages those uh, claims to make sure they can only be claimed once. And you can have a full traceability as to who's made that claim when and where it's moved from and all of these kind of things. And yeah, the best way to do that is with some form of decentralized ledger. Technology, because you're not having to put your trust in a single database provider, uh, or even worse, in a single guy in his bedroom with an Excel spreadsheet. Going, hey, I've got hundred carbon credits. Would you like to buy some? I'll sell them to you, and to you, and to you, and I'll sell them a hundred times, uh, and supposedly crossing them off his Excel spreadsheet. It's like, no, <laughs> let's have a public database that is publicly verifiable and transparent, um, and is a shared global infrastructure uh, that everyone can plug into. And to leverage uh, these uh, these markets.
1: Yeah, not all every carbon credit is created equal. So the transparency that it brings is really cool. Uh, there's been some talk about the Vera um, process of what Vera is doing, the carbon um, credit certifier. And I know there's some some um, news in the space where the space is waiting on a decision by Vera. Can you just fill our listeners in by you know kind of what what that is looking like like right now? Sure.
2: Yeah. So just as a bit of context for, for any listeners who aren't already aware, um, what happened uh, back in the early days of refi was Tukan Protocol figured out a way to bridge Vera credits on chain uh, and partnered with ClimaDAO to create a clever token economic incentive to do that. Um, and that resulted in this huge inflow of credits, uh, I believe nearly 20 million within uh, just uh, a few months uh, came on chain, which represented a, a you know significant portion of total supply, and that momentum continued uh, into the beginning of twenty twenty two, and or twenty twenty one even, uh, or twenty twenty two. No, twenty twenty two. Anyway, and but then what happened is there paused tokenization uh, about in the middle of the year, um, because there are some issues around KYC. Uh, knowing who's buying these things and uh, and some compliance with regulation and uh, things like that, but it really put a you know put a complete brakes on on that market. Um, and you know there was a subsequent uh, public consultation where lots of these organisations got involved in a conversation with with Vera to to see how blockchain and and crypto uh, could be leveraged or, or how these uh, how these can move forward. Um, and we should hear, I, I believe there has been an announcement. Um, Today or yesterday, um, I actually haven't read through the full announcement. So unfortunately, I can't give the updated context there. Uh, but I mean, if, if anyone's interested to find out further, uh, they can do a quick Google search uh, there for sure. So cool. yeah, that, there,
1: there's some updates there. Yeah, I'm sure the refi roundup will, will address it too. I want to ask about some of your favorite refi projects in the space. But beforehand, I, I want to touch on the refi commons uh, coming out of refi DAO because we didn't talk about that yet. And uh, it's an uh, initiative to raise $100,000 to accelerate growth in the refi movement. So I just wanted to you know shout out to that and, and get a little bit more information to our listeners on that.
2: Yeah, cool. So um, the refi commons is... A awesome partnership that has emerged with CommonStack, who have really done some awesome foundational work uh, in building this kind of infrastructure for uh, commons and for shared collaboration uh, with with online communities. And yeah, the idea is to really create these localized hubs um, that can act as incubators for um, startups and new initiatives in the refi space, uh, and taking a sort of localized approach, but then Connecting that with the wider ecosystem um, that Refidao is helping to support and, uh, and and things like that. So yeah, that's the kind of vision there, and it's it's really exciting to see you know the team at Common Stack and Refidao be supporting these commons. I'm personally a huge fan of of uh, Griff Griff Green, who's uh, the the founder of uh, one of the founders of, of Common Stack and um, and also of Giveth, uh, who I recently found out as well. He's yeah, he's one of the early early days. Uh, one of the first regens uh, bringing this kind of stuff, so uh, that's really cool. And yeah, so so there are these there are these refi commons coming up, um, and we're on it's on Gitcoin grants at the moment. Uh, so definitely go go check that out. And it's a kind of yeah the next stage of of, of what we want to do, and really taking these uh, to the on the ground communities um, and building these local hubs.
1: Yeah, really excited. I was ex- I was stoked to see that. Uh, for our listeners, definitely go check out the Gitcoin Grants round and make sure to support the refi commons. So what are some other uh, refi projects in the space that you direct our listeners to go check out?
2: Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of Collectivo, uh, of course, what they're doing. I think they're doing some really amazing work. I, I um, republished one of their pieces on uh, the Collectivo Festival and seeing them take some of the regenerative principles and and values and technologies they've developed onto a real on the ground community, um, is, is really exciting. Um, I also had someone else reach out to me recently from, uh, another island state, uh, uh, and off the coast of Africa. And, and they were basically wanting to kind of install some of these things there as well. Um, so it's really cool to see those models emerging. Um, and yeah, so I think they're building some awesome, awesome stuff. Um, and yeah, I think there's Beach Collective as well is another one that I've, uh, I've been involved with in, in some capacity. I'm friends with uh, uh, one of the people involved there, but they're um, kind of creating this ecosystem around uh, the Beach token, but also this collective as well that's actually, again, leveraging money as a tool to resurface uh, finance towards uh, Blue Carbon and, and other uh, initiatives as well. And they've leveraged a really cool community there. Um, for sure, um, so yeah. Oh, the climate as well. I think is a really cool play on on data systems and um, actually creating a, a decentralized data layer for um, for Refi. I think that's a huge area of um, of Unlock is is actually having these decentralized measurement, reporting, and verification systems, um, and that's able to plug in data from all sorts of sources, verify where that data has come from and then there's a whole bunch of applications you can create on top of that um and you know I've actually spoken to traditional insurance companies who are wanting to get into this um kind of climate space and they're like well we at the moment we're just making up uh, the the estimating you know the claims that we think will actually to be able to leverage this new source of data um would be hugely valuable so it's really exciting to see what this emerging MRV ecosystem uh, combined with refi uh, will will create but i think declimate are one of the key
0: uh, players there, but there's there's many others as well, and a bit younger, maybe. Awesome, yeah, it's cool to see all the amazing projects, and I'm excited to see them. You know, manifest all these amazing tools for the you know Refi ecosystem to unlock. When it comes to your vision of Refi, you know where where do you see all of this going, and what's your ideal vision for Refi in the future? Yeah, so I
2: I think it's it's really that idea that we can create this new system, right? We have this, this world order that is, I think we've seen the peak of that world order, and, and we're not only seeing the peak of it, we're starting to see huge cracks forming in these global compounding problems. And uh, thinking about uh, the meta crisis, it's like the crisis of crises. We have all these compounding global problems, um, and how are we going to fix them? Well, I think refi presents a potential for uh, some of the solutions here, and, and we can really build this build and get ready for uh experiment with these new systems so that uh when it really comes time to 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 transition and obviously i think the time is now but uh we can we can learn from uh and experiment with these new systems and then we can onboard people and kind of really create this movement uh, and see it snowball hopefully in time to uh subvert total and complete demise Um but you know that remains to be seen but i am optimistic i'm an optimistic person uh, and i think if you're going to be anywhere the refi ecosystem is 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 where you need to be to really start um,
0: addressing uh, some of these problems. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. Is This is the place to be where we're leveraging coordination in really fascinating ways. And I th- that's one of the things that makes me excited. Is like, there's so many places you can put your effort, but where's that one spot where you could, push and it's really going to have the most amount of impact, right? And and I think, you know, that's what a lot of these, you know, new blockchain tools unlock is that they unlock the scalability to really unleash a wave of people and a wave of movements to, mm. to address these changes because we're aligning the incentives, right? You have to align 100%. these incentives. Yeah, 100%. I think that's uh I totally echo that. Excellent. So, you know, we had, crypto's had a rough year. Um, How are you kind of thinking about, you know moving forwards from that from the past year, you know, in kind of in the crypt, larger crypto sphere? Um, and also, w- what are you noticing in conversations you're having with folks um, about refi when it comes to you know the crypto space in general?
2: Yeah, so I think uh, addressing crypto, crypto's rough year, I think that you know we've seen lots of cycles within crypto, and within each cycle it brings a new wave of innovation and then a new wave of dis- of destruction um but there is a sort of creative destruction process um i do think that you know the most recent one we've had a real good flushing out of of some bad actors there you know obviously it's unfortunate a lot of people have have, uh, have lost out from that but ultimately i think that could translate into a good thing again flushing out bad actors um and uh, surfacing um some of the better movements within crypto of course um Refi and and defi and uh, it, it's hugely up there. I, I recently actually shared a, a graphic as part of the um, Refi Villages piece, and it's uh, the Web3 waves of innovation. And you're sort of starting with the wave of Bitcoin and then altcoins coming in, and then Ethereum and all everything that that unlocked, how that unlocked uh, this DeFi ecosystem or NFTs, and then DAOs. And I really do think that this next wave of innovation is surrounding Refi, DeFi, Impact DAOs um, and also real world assets, bringing actual the real economy on chain and leveraging some of the benefits and transparency. Carbon is an example of that. So it's, uh, for example. So I think that that's going to be really exciting to see emerge uh, in 2023 and uh, really excited to see where it all goes.
1: Uh, well, yeah, that momentum building has been really cool to see over the last year. And that's one of the reasons why yeah, Colin and I are in the space, because it is inspiring to see these people coming together in these projects, um, doing what what they are to solve this climate crisis. What, what type of advice would you give someone uh, wanting to get more into the refi movement and, uh, you know, transition into that more than just the... the well, crypto- I have
2: a, maybe a biased perspective of this, but of course, blog dot com might be a good place to start with a uh, with the weekly newsletters and the roundup and actually if the block explore as well of course if you guys are covering the the weekly roundup as well um so follow along there um and yeah so there's there's also you know some other resources to kind of get started but um yeah i think i think there's there's some good content there and the impact owls book i would say um but also some wider reading um we mentioned charles eastin's um natural capital um or sacred economics even <laughs> um and some other books there we in the Christmas we did a, a refi Christmas blog post and we put a bunch of uh books in there as well which could be some interesting reading. So yeah, lots of content to dive in online. Um
0: and yeah. Awesome. Yeah we'll link to all that resources and everything like that. So when it comes to um refi and, and crypto in general, we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to share with our listeners.
2: I think we I think we've covered a, a cu- covered a good amount. Um I'm I'm yeah, I'm excited to see more people enter the space and excited to see what we can all build together and collaborate together in in 2023 and continue to build on the momentum here.
1: Yes. I love it. Yeah. Go check out the Refi blog folks.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed this and yeah, I appreciate it. I'm a bit of uh, rambling on here, uh, but that's kind of kind of the point of a podcast.
0: <laughs> no, it's been awesome. It's been it's been a delight to have you. I love your energy. You're inspiring and um yeah, it's cool to see that Refi is attracting talent like you. This is what I keep telling people is that when you get into the web3 world the deeper and deeper you go, you just keep being more and more highly motivated, passionate, intelligent people who are just Great to be around and uh, you're one of those people. So thanks so much for contributing and being on the Block Explorer today. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to have you on again soon. Thanks a lot. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a rating and a review.
1: We'd like to give a big thank you to our friend Matthew Patrick Donner, who's responsible for the Block Explorer production, including our music mixing and editing.
0: Thank you for exploring the world of blockchain with us. Crypto is changing the world. We're here to ensure that you're ready.
1: Please subscribe to our podcast and make sure you download the free handbook, How to Build a Regenerative Village. Gosh, I already know you're
0: starting to build your refi village. Yes, sir. Leaning Pine, baby. We look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Cheers. Cheers.